In this episode, my friend Kerr Shaw sits down with me and he shares with us his experience from his initial exposure to the infinite banking concept to becoming his own banker and then on to becoming an authorized NNI practitioner. I had fun and I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Bank of Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethering, and I have in the uh, studio today my friend Kerr Shaw. He came in from... Can I tell him where you're from? Yes, you can. All right. He's from New Mexico, right? And, uh, of course, he has family here in the Metroplex. And so while he was here, he was gracious enough to set aside some time to come in and sit down and podcast with me. And, and uh, I appreciate that, Care. Uh, we've known each other for about, I guess, five and a half years or so. And uh, But I'll let him tell his story from how he you know, was first exposed to the infinite banking concept and we'll just come forward and bring it up to date and, you know, I appreciate you listening. Thanks, Care. How are you today, sir? Doing well, James, and thanks for having me today. I really appreciate you having me here and I'm excited to talk about all the things that have happened to me since the last five and a half years considering IBC and it's, it's been a great ride. So thanks for having me. You're, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. Time flies, doesn't it? It does. It does. You warned me when we first started talking all those years ago that, you know, you can get four or five, ten years in this, and it's going to fly by real quick. It does. So I remember, um, and I was thinking about this driving in, you know, looking forward to seeing you and sitting down with you. The, I remember the first time, and, you know, my memory could uh, be a little off, but I don't think so. I was driving home from the office, so it was in the evening, and we had a conversation, you know, over the phone, and and uh, and I of course, you're an engineer, right? Which is is good, but very analytical. And uh, and I just remember that uh, it, it was like you you pretty much had to read the book before we were going to have another conversation. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had done a lot of research online at that time. You know, there wasn't as much content to, on YouTube and stuff as there is today. And um, so I was trying to put the pieces and parts together, and you kind of recognize that. I had the parts and pieces, but not necessarily the overall picture. So you told me basically, go get a book and read it and call me back. <laughs> <laughs> Did that offend you? No, no. I actually, it was great. I needed it. You know, it was just at the time, you know, the easiest medium to me for to consume was social media and YouTube and stuff. So I, need, I really needed to go and read the book. It was a good thing. Yeah. So is that how you uh, became aware of it? Uh, no. So I think last time I was here on your podcast, we kind of discussed that a little bit. You know, I was... I was at that time doing a lot of real estate investing, whatnot, and developments and things, and I was looking for better ways to finance projects and things. And, and the algorithm found me and, and put me on IBC because that's the kind of stuff I was searching for. And I went down that rabbit hole and uh, when I started talking to local agents and then whoever I found online. And, and so that's it was a long journey to actually find a, a good fit. Yeah, I should I should mention that because you know you became a client. And and you you you've been on the podcast. I don't know what episode. We'll put that episode in the uh, in the notes. Uh, and and that was several years ago, wasn't it? That was yes. It was probably one of the probably first few episodes of your podcast. Okay. And so you know that's what he's referring to. So he came on as a client, and and uh, and now he's an agent and an NNI <laughs> practitioner. Um. But I don't want to get ahead. So, you know, you're you're in real estate investing, and I know you do uh, uh, work with your dad, too, which that was very impressive. I think it's very cool that if you can work with your family, you know, yes. your, your your parents or your children. And, I mean, 
you you can't get that kind of experience anywhere else. You know, I mean, that's very valuable, I think. Um, so you're an investor and looking at better ways to finance things and it just – you know, the infinite banking or banking with life or uh, the infinite banking concept or infinite banking, whatever, those algorithms just kept throwing videos in front of you. Right. And uh, intrigued enough to reach out and call different people or what Yeah, I mean, at first, you know, I, I just thought it was kind of some, you know, scam gimmicky thing that, you know, Google found me and now they're just giving me all these ads, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I think I talked about last time too, it was like my first experience with somebody trying to explain to me you know, not necessarily banking, but just life insurance was, was very negative experience. And so I stayed away from those types of products and things. And Yeah. I wonder how many people in general have a really positive experience. I guess the people who buy life insurance, they have a positive experience or they wouldn't do it. But you hear a lot of that. I mean, there's a stigma with life insurance and um, a lot of 1950s sales practices still go on in the big wide <laughs> world too, which is not necessarily positive. Right. Uh, so you go down the rabbit hole. And then, you know, uh, you know, you wind up calling around or did you just? Yeah. So, like I said, first I started, you know, I get a little bit uh, armed, a little bit of knowledge. That's probably dangerous, right? Just to know not to kind of get into the, this world. Start talking to local agents in my area. And I realized that, wow, they, what I was finding and learning was not what they were trying to match me up with. Right. Right. And so that wasn't a good fit. And I realized, you know, I needed somebody who could help me, not just uh try to give me off the shelf products they give to everybody else and whatnot. And so I started calling around all the people I saw content online, which I've called, of course, yours is one of them. And that was kind of an interesting experience too, right? And I got, you know, 10 different ways to skin a cat that way as well. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not, you know, you're just trying to find out and you're trying to learn and then you hear all this different stuff. I mean, which is, that's a very common experience, you know. I mean, there's in 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 the content online available today, you know, compared to five or six years ago, and then even compared to ten or fifteen years ago. I mean, the further back you go, the less and less content was available, and the fewer and fewer people you had, you know, right. the opportunity to talk with. But um, you know, I, I I remember we had several conversations, um, you know, and it a lot of it. I don't want to say a lot of it, but we did have some lengthy conversations on structure. Yes, back at that time, and I got that's where I got caught up a lot of it. Some of the noise at the time was okay. I understood the concept very well. I knew it was going to benefit me. Yeah. Then it got to going, okay, how am I going to actually implement this? How am I actually going to you know make this happen and put together? And that's where I got down the rabbit hole of all these you know different ways to design policies and things. And being an amateur at the time, a layman, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, so I just yeah. kept asking questions and trying to figure it out. Yeah. So you became a client because, you know, you, you bought policies or, um, you mean, you started with one, then you've been expanding ever since properly. And um, somewhere along the way, you know, because you're, you know, what do you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Can we, can yeah. we talk about that? I mean, I don't want to be centered by the. No, no, you're fine. You know. um, so prior, like you mentioned, you know, I'm now an agent, but prior to that, and I still do it, is um. I've had 20 years working for the Department of Defense in the defense industry, and I, I'm in charge of a division within our R&D testing evaluation group at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. And so we're a DOD agency, and our mission is to counter the threats of weapons of mass destruction. And so... We've had a lot of conversations <laughs> about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really great, because that background has really translated well as far as in this uh, banking and insurance world. You know, it's, it's really... 
I lead a big group of people to solve real world problems, and I control a lot of government assets. You know, you know, over the history of my career, probably over billions of dollars, yeah. and lots of uh, hardware and, and resources. But uh, the real value that I got from my current profession is strategic thinking, right? And you know, what we have is a lot of times we call no fail missions, right? It's what no fail missions. Oh. Right? The, the consequence is too great or the cost is too great to where we wait, have to Wait, 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 wait. The DOD in a no-fail mission. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's the way I train my mind, right? And so, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, if you fail, either the, the, the implications are great as far as the resources wasted or some sort of threat we're trying to mitigate and whatnot. And, and bringing that type of thinking to other people now and, and their policies and, and their structures for banking systems to them, their individual financial construct is a no-fail mission, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's their, how they're going to retire. It's how they're going to do things. So bring that same type of thinking and, and uh, long-term planning that I think is, has been beneficial on both sides. No question. <clears throat> no question. I, I like that. So it does. I could see how that translates well. I didn't even really think about that. But also, I've never thought about a no-fail mission with smart business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've 20 years, and you still do that. I still do that. And uh, – all right, and then you know you you embrace the idea of becoming your own banker, solving the banking function at the you and me level, and doing a good job. You know, and I'm not patronizing you just because you're here and who you are. I mean, you're doing a good job, and I appreciate you leading the way for you and your family and and others. So, and I really feel like that that's a natural progression. You know, some people want to become an agent. You know, some people maybe should, and others maybe not. Um, you know how 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 long was it between you you know practicing the infinite banking concept you know buying policies and 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 you know maybe we can get into the use and what you do with them later sure. if you wish. But how when did when did you what day did you wake up and say I want to become a life insurance agent? You well, know. that's a good story, and I think that um, I started from where I started. Five years ago to where I'm today, completely different mindset with, with the concept, right? Like everybody, I think I started off a little skeptical, you know, focusing on the wrong things, rates of return and going cash on cash and all these little things that I no longer care about, you know. I, I started really finding that the intangibles, you know, I like the talks you do about the seen and the unseen. When I started getting more and more into that and started learning, wow, there's, there's a lot of value here that you can't really put on a piece of paper and, and illustrate and things. I knew that this is this is a gold mine, and I started using it. For my own personal life, and it was really, really uh, creating opportunities for me, a lot of advantages for me. So I want to get my friends and family involved, obviously, right? And um, so a couple of years, I kept telling them, you know, this you guys got to check this out. You got to check this out. That's really good stuff. But like I told you, uh, there's nobody locally in my area who's who is you know qualified or capable to kind of. There was it. There is now. There is now. Yeah. If you look on the practitioner, I think there's one person who lives in New Mexico, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> One person, <laughs> one practitioner in New Mexico, and here he is, live and in person. Right. I feel honored. So, you know, for me, when I was searching out knowledge, I, I took the leap of faith. I called you, and we talked for a long time, and, we, you know, I didn't really know you at the time. But, um, you paid a lot of premium, but you didn't know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I got to know you, right? And I trusted you, and I liked your the way we think. I think it aligns very well. Uh, so I was telling my friends and family, you need to call James. You need to get this going. They weren't as adventurous to say, okay, you know, let's just go out there and talk to some stranger at the time. And, yeah. and so I said, the only way to get my, my people across the finish line is if I, if I do it myself, right? And so I started off as just, I want to take care of my family and friends. And then from there, it's actually flourished into a viable, 
you know, endeavor here. I just, people keep calling me. I don't want to do any advertising or any marketing. I just, people keep calling me. Yeah. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. And then legitimately you're helping people? Yeah. And, I mean, what's that worth? Yeah, this is, this, this, can't put a dollar figure on that one. You can't. Uh, that, that's very cool. And so how long, how long was that? Do you know? Do you remember? About two or three years into practicing Okay, so you've been an agent for about two, two and a half, three years? About two years, yeah. About two years? About two years. And uh, that was part of the, I mean, I remember the conversations and, and, uh, you know, it's like, well, if you want to do this, you know, and and I'm just sharing my thoughts and my experience and my opinions and, um, you know, we, you know, you got, you got licensed and then there's a bit of mentorship and, uh, been participating in the Nelson Nash Institute. Um, you was at a think tank last year, right? Yeah, the think tank was a great experience. I liked going out there and meeting all the rest of the people in the community and hearing what they have to say. It was it was a really good event. Yeah, I think the one before that was virtual. I think um, so. About two, two and a half, to about two and a half years, three years into it, then you be decided, man, you know, to bring them across the finish line, the people you care about. Um, I mean, we didn't turn anyone away. I mean, if you send them to us, you know, we <laughs> we uh, try to take care of them. But, you know, when people know you, it, it is different. There's no question. And, you know, we can't help everyone. There's just not enough time or, uh, you know, not enough of us to go around. So I love the idea that, that I think that that really makes for some of the better practitioners whenever you start as a client. And because it is a bit of a process of time, you know, we're just buying life insurance until, you know, we start applying it right, and taking advantages of, of the uh, characteristics that life insurance has and, and you know, integrating it to integrating it into whatever it is you're doing, whether it's real estate, cars or whatever. But once you do that, then then the the mind continues to expand and it's truly better than you think. Yes. But it does take a little bit of time. Um, you know, and I'm a slow learner, you know, and other, it, it's just a different timeline for everyone. But I think that whenever you start on yourself, you know, and it makes sense to you and you can talk about it and you can convey the idea of becoming your own banker and people listen and it helps if they care about you or they trust you and like you. I mean, you, we all want to help the people that we love and care about, you know, no matter what it is. So I'm just saying that I believe that that, I mean, you're an ideal practitioner, in my opinion. So you're able, capable, you're confident, competent. Then you do it yourself, actually do it beyond paying a premium, you know. Um, spent the time learning on yourself and then spent the time learning and you're still continuing learning the life insurance business and life insurance, you know, contract structure and all of that and the um, – leading the way you know i i like that i admire that a lot and i think that is like i said previously you know the way a very natural way to become a practitioner right? yeah yeah thank you and i appreciate all the mentorship time you spent me actually getting me to that point where i feel confident i'm able to help others you know that was yeah you're welcome and so uh what if you know what you want to share what you, what you have done on with your Sure. personal policies or you know you want to share what you're doing with other people or both or 
Yeah, I mean, we can talk about a few of those things. Um, like I said earlier, you know, I was probably focusing on the wrong parts of the IBC, you know, when I first got into it. But now I see the, the real power of the intangibles, you know, the liquidity and control, you know, opportunity cost reduction. And so what I really enjoyed is is how it's 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 really changed my paradigm, my my outlook on how I operate my personal finances and whatnot. And so um I mean, were you a market guy prior to that? I mean, I know in real estate, but uh not probably actually after that I got a little more into it, but uh at that time I was not. Yeah. I, mean, I had to I had to work, you know, qualified plans and whatnot, and so that's where I kinda Well, I remember early on when we were talking, um you know, I was at a, I was uh, uh, camping with some friends, and uh, you sent me a bunch of illustrations that <laughs> other people had sent you, and and uh, and we had a conversation after that, and and if I remember correctly, they were all skinny, skinny base. That was a whole yeah promotion was like the least amount of base premium possible, as much PUA as possible, and we had several conversations of. You know what that looked like in the future. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. Well, it is what it is. But um, is that some of the noise you're? Yeah, watching? you know, I was going to hope to talk about it too as well. You know, I really, I, I experienced a lot of noise that caused a lot of confusion for me. I hope that we can help others avoid some of that experience that I had. I think that that series, seven part series that Ryan Griggs did on the mechanics mm-hmm. of insurance, that was really, really well done, really superb work, and. Had I been around when I was first starting, I think that would have been a good tool for me to kind of reference and look at and things, and I think it would help. It's going to help a lot of people. I got you. And so, like you said, you know, they're all skinny, kind of, you know, small base policies and the short term thinking. Let's get cash on cash really quickly and those kinds of ideas. And you know, it just didn't sit right with me. I was like, okay, I don't. I know I don't know the insurance world that time, but uh, you know, my gut instinct was something too good to be true here. And and. And so that's why I like talking to you because you actually took the time to just educate me and teach me instead of trying to sell me from some sort of illustration, you know, and I, I don't like that, um, that, that methodology. Cause I think it creates dependency, right? Yep. If, if you're always dependent upon the agent to kind of manage and do things for you, you never know yourself how to manage these things properly. It's going to, it's going to lead to a bad outcome. And I saw that personally with my father, you know, after I became an agent, I saw some stuff he'd been doing for over the years and, Wow, that stuff went south really quickly. And he had no clue. He had no idea that that was happening in the background. Right. He was, you know, working with somebody that he liked and trusted and 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 was dependent upon them to do what yeah. he expected them to do. And they know what they know. And he does what he does and knows what he knows. But then, then when you come in from, you know, an outside looking in, and and have some knowledge on what goes on in the big wide world of finance and uh it's a it's a whole new paradigm you know i mean we can look at this pad you know i see it from my perspective you see it from your perspective it's the same pad but we have a different perspective right you know um but you and so you've done some work with your dad then too right yeah trying to help manage and fix some of the things that that went on his, uh, you know, he did a lot of work with this individual for many years, you know, insurance products, annuity products, qualified products. And so yeah. he, my dad has a complicated setup here. <laughs> yeah. uh, some things that needed to be corrected, and yeah. you were able to help him through that. Yeah, but going back to that noise, you know, everything that, that I think Ryan talked about in that series happened to me. Yeah. You know, I was giving illustrations that were incomplete, just a couple of pages just to show. Oh, yeah. Right? I was given illustrations that had 
you know, fragile designs that couldn't possibly be paid for that amount of time. Yeah. And, and it said it in the insertion itself, and you, you pointed that out to me, right? And that yeah. really opened my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one conversation. <laughs> I'm like, look, the life insurance company even bolded this this content right here. You know, the verbiage is in bold. Surely, you know, the agent can read, but they never pointed that part out to you. Right. Ever. And, and, and you know, it wasn't mentioned that some of the guarantees or what you can and can't do to the, the policy change over time in, in that setup. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh okay, well starts off looking my, my gut feeling started yes this is a little too good to be true here and and um now i gotta say that's pretty much a red flag you know if you're looking at it it's, a, it's really it's illegal anyway to for an agent or advisor to use one page out of an illustration i mean you know it's in the exam whenever you took your life insurance exam you can't do that you right know? why not because it's not complete you know, so if you get, um, you know, an illustration, one page or two pages, that should just be a red flag. You want the whole, if you're going to get an illustration, get the whole illustration. Anyway, so. Yeah, so then I realized that what these other individuals were doing didn't align with me strategically, right? Long-term thinking and whatnot. So yeah. that's what really, okay, I knew that James knew what he was talking about. I trust what his opinion is. And we got to really talking about the proper structure and proper designs and proper use of this case. So that was that was really beneficial to me. Yeah. And why? What what is proper structure? That that is thrown out in the big footprint of infinite banking, you know, properly structured, properly structured. Well fundamentally at the very elementary level, it's like there's more premium allocated to the PUA compared to the base. Okay. Well once you get past that, it's uh how old are you? Right. What are your what is your income? What is your cash flow? You know, what is your debt service? You know, how old are you? How old you are? Your age informs, you know, your duration. We all only have, you know, one life. And um, it's not like we're going to get your father's age and all of a sudden not need capital, you know. Right. Um, so I'm just saying properly structured is more than just a percentage weight to a base premium or a PUA premium. Properly structured is completely dependent upon what the the client is doing, where they're at, where they want to go, their timeline, their age, their ability to pay a premium, you know, the duration of that premium. And then putting that together in a fundamental, basic, solid way that won't blow up in the future, right. knowing that the future is unknown. You know? So on that, you know, one of your previous uh, podcast guests, I think Mike Rivas liked what he said about that, you know, his banking system, his policies, that's where he wants the least amount of risk. He wants to accumulate capital and then deploy strategically. That may have more risk, but he's doing that knowingly and informed, right? And I think that's part of the getting correct structure, right? Yeah. Making sure that it stands the test of time and that this is the least amount of risk. This is your, this is your foundational structure. Yep. I love it. Uh, I, and I say it all the time or repeat it all the time whenever he uh, said, I'm the worst salesman in the world. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, oh, thank you. So. I, see, I enjoyed that. You know, I, I felt like you're not selling me. I feel like you were just teaching me, and, that, and I appreciate that more than somebody trying to sell me something. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate you saying that. <clears throat> and so the mechanic series that Ryan Griggs did helped you a lot. And well, now that it's available, I said, wow, I wish that was around five years ago. I've had some of my clients even go look at it, and they say, yeah, that's that's really great information. And, and you know, we talked about these things, but having a place to go back and relook at it was, was really beneficial to them. Yeah. So when you talk to your friends, are they are they pretty skeptical? I mean... So I think when I first started this five years ago, a lot of people were skeptical and they're kind of, you know, you know, what are you doing? This sounds weird. And I'll talk about some examples there. 
Um, but now all of a sudden, other than this last year, I seen a flip. I think I think the word is getting out. And people are getting more smart on this stuff, and people are getting more educated, and knowledgeable, and they come. They're seeking me out now. They're seeking like this knowledge out. Yeah. Are you more confident? I am. I am I'm way more confident just by using this and, and practicing it. Every time I use it, it's gotten better and better. Yeah. So it's worked out like you expected, or yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, now I value more the, the, the intangible stuff you can't really see in an illustration. Yeah. Um, one example I give my friends and clients, you know, the first policy loan I ever took, you know, that really opened my eyes. Um, I think I talked a little bit about it last time I was here, but I had to finance a vehicle. My wife got in a car accident and we need a new vehicle. And I, I happened to have the policy cash value available. It was about a month ago that the policy, we, we closed it. <laughs> and so I've... I was I was going to finance it through my policy, and so I still talk to my friends and people at the time. You know, what are you doing? You know, like why are you going to borrow from this policy and pay interest to this company to do this? And they weren't seeing what I was seeing. Yeah. And so I told them, look, okay, here's what's tangible. Here's what you see. Okay, how this turned out. I borrowed some money for this car. I financed it myself, and I paid that loan up pretty quickly. So my my interest cost of the company is very low. You know, it's probably less than a thousand bucks. But in that year. I probably made a couple thousand dividends, right? Tangible, that's what you see. I'm still, you know, net ahead there, right? It looks good, but that wasn't a true value. That wasn't really what, what, what got, got me going on that one. See, I had other, other cash available to purchase that vehicle outright. And, you know, the way we grew up my family, my, my circle of friends, you know, we avoided debt and it's like, why not just pay for our cash and be done with it? Mm-hmm. But that pool of cash, what I was using to do my real estate investments. And so now I freed up that cash to be part of a larger deal. If I didn't have it, I couldn't participate in that. I had to be cash so we had to move quickly. And so the opportunity cost was great, you know. And that having that policy, having actually that cash on my terms, let me participate in a deal that, you know, I made more than what the car was worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any idea that that was going to happen when you first started? No, I had no idea. But it gets even better, right? More intangibles. Okay, that that investment I made, it wasn't a cash flowing property. It was more of a development, right? Where we, we outlaid some money and in sometime in the future, we expect to get a payout on it, right? So that project we thought was take about nine months or so. So I allocated, you know, 12 months to be conservative. It ended up taking 14 months. Um, but guess what? Since I didn't have any bank financing on that and I had my, I, I had a car financed through myself, I wasn't worried about any debt service every month. I wasn't worried about cash flows. You know, that's where investors and, and entrepreneurs fail, right? They may have the greatest idea in the world, the greatest, greatest opportunity, but they're undercapitalized and can't manage short-term cash flows, right? So I could do it on my terms. I knew this was coming in the future, and I knew the delays, you know, with construction and permitting and whatnot. I knew it was coming. I was well-positioned to handle it, yeah. right? So, you know. Undercapitalized. Yeah. Isn't that the problem in the yeah. big, wide world? Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so that that my, that was intended. You, can, you can't see in the policy, right? Okay, tangible. Okay, the spread was a couple thousand dollars. Who? Okay, great. But the real value was what I did outside the policy because yeah. I had this policy. I could I could I could operate in a different way. The way I see investments is different. The way I see opportunities is much different now. I love that, and I think that's a natural part of you know practicing this idea of becoming your own banker. Um, you know, it, it heightens your ability. It sharpens your ability to even quantify, recognize, and quantify a deal. Right. I mean, and, and I'm not just saying that because, it, you know, I think it sounds good. I mean, it, it happened to me. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's a better deal than I thought, you know, and I have capital, and that never hurts. Um, or that's not a, you know, it's presented as a deal, and it looks like a deal, but when you look under the hood, it's like, yeah, it's not really a deal. And I'm not dependent upon that deal. You know, I yeah. don't need that deal. 
So in that same example, right? Everyone's saying, you know, why are you going to pay this, this this nominal interest rate to the to company when you have the cash rate to pay for? Well, that was my true cost of capital. My true yeah. cost was participating in that real estate deal, right? Opportunity. So the opportunity cost was huge compared to the, the, the little bit I paid for accessing yeah. my, my policy values. Did the life insurance company ask you what your credit rating was? No. Or your no. debt to income ratio? No, it was actually, it was, <laughs> you, you know, I just went online. I, I have requested it and it was there in a couple of days. You know, if you did it the old-fashioned way on paper, it's just one piece of paper, maybe two, and it's just a service form. Right. Because the loan provision is a contractual right you have. It's, it's <laughs> you're not, I mean, it's just a completely different way to function in business or in the household. You know, I don't care what the third-party lender says or doesn't say or what their requirements are i don't have to jump through those hoops unless i choose to right right okay so and you know further that so i do have some rental properties as well and i've used this to control those assets as well and people would ask me aren't you kind of scared of being a landlord don't you you know get these phone calls two in the morning and nightmare <laughs> tenants and 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 because of ibc because i control the financing the banking function on those properties well i avoid that altogether right here's why you know since, again, I'm not beholden to a third-party lender or a bank and whatnot, I control the financing. I control the cash flows. So I can – the properties I have are very desirable. I can, I, can, I can get them rented the next day if I wanted to. But I have the ability now to wait to find a really good qualified tenant that, that doesn't give me those problems. Doesn't, they don't call me at 2 in the morning. They, they're well-qualified. They help me yeah. maintain my property, and, and everybody wins. Yeah. They get a nicely well-maintained home that to live in, and, and I get uh, you know renters that – pay on time and help me maintain the property. So you had the confidence, which, you know, gives you like the intestinal fortitude to wait and to properly vet right. a tenant. See, you know, people don't realize that I'm, I'm perfectly fine waiting months. I'll leave it vacant until I find somebody's quality because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with those headaches. And right. and um, I think these stories of other people always hear because they do it the traditional way. They finance and they have to get somebody in there because they they're, have this cash outflows they got to they worry about. Yeah. So the first person walks in the door, they, they rent it out. And <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a lesson that you learn pretty early in real estate. Yeah. Uh, rentals, anyway, is a proper vetting right, yeah. of the tenant. But, you know, if you have capital and control your cash flows, you can control that even better or longer, I guess. Yeah, but some of those intangibles, right? You can't, you can't really put a value on that. Okay. The way I operate is differently. It's not just not just the policy and what I was but right. it does shows in your annual statements. It's the way I operate is much different now. Right. I love it. Well, keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, again, going back from transitioning from a consumer to an agent, I think, like you said, being first a, a practitioner or a consumer before you become an agent was very valuable to me. I've done it. I've lived it. I've seen how to do it. And I can help others implement it, right? And so the questions I had are the same questions they're asking me. Right. And so when I show them, I can just show them exactly what I did. Yeah. And so that people gives a lot of people a lot of confidence, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, opens their eyes. And they hear the same thing you do. You know, right. it's like when they go into the big wide world. You know, it's all rate of return, <clears throat> skinny base, IUL, or you know, term and invested difference. I mean, it's you know the. Uh, the pushback, the argument, the negative, you know, against the infinite banking concept is um, real. It's persistent. 
you know, and there's new new terms come up every day, you know, the HELOC, the P-LOC, the whole life lock or yeah. the, life, the life lock. And, you and know, see, that's kind of scary. I think, you know, I see online now a lot of people, like I said, the, the word's getting out. They're getting, they're getting a little bit of knowledge with it. But they're, again, they're da- enough to be dangerous. And you got a lot of people who don't know or telling other people, advising other people and like, wow, this is going to, you just know this is going to end up bad. <laughs> yeah. It is scary if you look at it and think yeah. about it and think it through. But. Yeah. Yeah, so I can see that, you know, you get the same questions that you had now that you've gone through them and, and know, you know, you, you, you know how to, you know, point out the differences or, or explain the differences or, you know, show them things that they've not considered because, you know, a nice, great big presentation, you know, left them out and jumped smooth over some of the important things that are intangible. Yeah. You know, and you know, I have a I have a great wide array of clients, different backgrounds, different things, and they're great. And you know, I enjoy really working with. I got some really you know, entrepreneurial, high net worth type people. Getting the strategy, help them be more competitive, take the next level. I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. And I got some clients who are just starting out, and then they're they're, they're they're starting their own businesses right away, and they're young, and they're hungry, and they're they're trying to do it right, and they have questions, and you know, I love that too. Getting helping them kickstart, and it's helped their business grow quite a bit. And then I got clients that are, you know, one of the ones I have the most satisfaction from is 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 probably one that hasn't. Even, it's not even a client yet. We're just still working together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a, a, a young couple. They 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 done what they're supposed to do right according to what society tells them to do. They got in a lot of student loan debt trying to get these advanced education and whatnot. And they came out of school and they couldn't. You know, they're they're professionals. They they make good incomes and but they can't keep up with that debt on their student loans and it was causing a lot of problems and they were just defeated. They've been married almost 70 years and never once taking a vacation together. You could just tell their face was just, they were living just to service their debt and they weren't, yeah. they weren't really living for anything else. They were they kind of in this whole home kind of lifestyle and you know, they're worried. They didn't think about having children and whatnot because they were just worried about trying to get this off their That's back. That's crushing. Yeah. Because of that, you know, that, you know, there's some stuff going on family wise when they're younger, they had to take on some obligations. So they got behind a little bit, right? I started showing them there's a way out. Man, seeing their face just light up and say, you know, there's light in the tunnel. Hearing them talk was much different, right? Now they're talking about starting a family. They're talking about doing things in life. They're talking about, you know, like Nelson mentioned in the book, co-generation, right? Limiting death and building wealth at the same time. So that that was really eye-opening to them. And they're not there yet. We're building more discipline in their system. Yep. But once they are, you know, that, that'll be a great, you know, I, I get a lot of satisfaction knowing that I help somebody get out of that situation oh yeah 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 um you know i learned from uh our clients i mean they're cool people you know and they're uh creative yeah you know and and they're inquisitive you know but they're also willing to think outside the box and kind of consider different things but man i learned a lot from clients a lot and i appreciate you greatly so and it is very rewarding yes you know it's very and you can't put all that on a life insurance illustration. No, not at you all. Know, it has nothing to do with a life insurance commission. You know, it's like everybody gets paid, right? Call it what you will, you know. Yeah, like I said, I think the ones I get the most satisfaction, I get paid probably least amount, probably nothing. Just just, just talking, helping people is, is, yeah. is, you know, that's why I got into it in the first place. Yeah. I was talking to people anyways about this. <laughs> exactly, right. Well, and it does take a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of effort when you work with people, yeah. you know, it, does, it, it takes time because, you know, every, every, everyone's is unique and different and, you know, but then we all have very similar, very, very similar 
you know, problems, um, concerns when it comes to money and cash flows. Um, but it does, it does take time and, um, but it's worth it. You know, I've found over my career 30 something years, it's, it's like, you know, I have clients in their nineties, you know, and we still provide a service for them. And I mean, it's time consuming, but it's very rewarding. So but that's also another thing, you know, we touched on earlier is education piece, right? It is a lifelong asset. It is something you have to, you know, for younger folks, you know, realize that if you're in your thirties or twenties or, you know, forties, even you have plan to manage this for the long term. Yeah. And so, you know, like you, I like to provide great service to, to my clients, but who knows what happens in 20, 30 years from now, right? Yeah. Right. They need to understand how to be able to use this on their own. And that's the first step in knowing, you know, and getting the system is, is being able to, to, to manage that and handle it yourself yeah. if you need to. Yeah. No question. No question about that. So it's really a lifelong of learning. Yeah. You know, and we all learn from experience when you start applying and, you know, practicing. I mean, you you learn and the more you learn, then, of course, you know, that's experience. And then the more experience you have, your your confidence level goes up. Yeah. And that's when I, you know, talking to agents and whatnot, I think that's more of a, of a, of a good indicator, right? If they're having those kind of discussions versus trying to say the structure versus that structure right off the bat. You know, now, you know, personally, I bought policies for my, me and my family of all kinds of different structures. Yeah. They make sense for what I was trying to accomplish at that time. Yeah. There's no one size fits all. Exactly. My conversation with Care went a little long. So we're going to stop here. We'll pick it up where we left off next week in part two. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content. 